The following program is underwritten by... It's important to handle any pet behavioral issues with love and care rather than pain and punishment. That's why Dr. Roger Mugford from the Company of Animals created the Pet Corrector, which allows you to safely change unwanted behaviors in your dog, like barking with a simple... Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Ah, boo. Are you scared? No. Okay. Happy Halloween to you and all of your animals. Happy Halloween. Halloween. There you go. Yes. We'd love to hear from you today. one 405 8405 to talk to Dr. Debbie or dog father Joey Volani. And we'd love to see their pictures of your costumed animals over at our Facebook page. So make sure that you upload those along with your videos over there. Uh, we're going to head to the phones for your calls right now. But first, let's find out what's going on in the newsroom. Miss Lori Brooks, what are you working on? Wait, you know, we're all big animal supporters here. And there is yet a new story study out that talks about the benefits of having animals uh, with children, specifically in the classroom. Oh, This is like far from the days of when I was a kid and our classroom pet was an ant farm. <laughs> but I did love that ant farm, and I used to take that home during the summer. And, well, just one summer, because, well, yeah. Yeah. didn't come back a lot. But it, what do you say we go to the phones? Hey, Neil, how are you doing? Not bad. How you doing? Good. What's up? Okay, I've got a three-year-old female Doberman Pinscher, and uh, when she was two years old, we had her fixed. And uh, ever since that she got fixed, she has had trouble holding her urine. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever she whenever she lays down and goes to sleep, when she gets into a deep sleep, she just leaks all over her badness. You can tell that in her face, she knows. Hey, I. I've done something bad, and oh, God, you know the deal. You know, it's like catching a little kid that just went to bed and don't want to tell you about it. She feels so guilty. But, of course, you can't scold her because it's an accident. Exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? Okay. So uh, our veterinarian has given us uh, this medication that's very expensive, and I can't remember the name of it. We're, we're supposed to give her the uh, pill in the morning when she eats and a pill around noon, and... Uh, of course, we don't give her a lot of water, okay? Whenever she needs to go outside, she'll smack the cowbell. We'll take her outside, and uh, her urine is a, is very dark, and you can smell it. Okay, all righty. So how is, now, is she still on this medicine, and, and is it helping her? Yes and no. Uh, it is helping her not wet the bed, but it's, I mean, it's like, uh it's a, it's we're spending a lot of money masking a problem okay well a couple of things from what you're saying um now the first thing that we'll just wanted to go over is that the female dogs can definitely develop some incontinence issues and it basically is most common when we we hear stories of dogs that are sleeping or they're um, coming from a lying position and they get up and then they you find a puddle of urine so for that in a female dog yes most often they are spayed so for some dogs it can actually be related to an estrogen deficiency in other dogs it's just a matter of 
of the urethral sphincter and it's just not working well. So there are some great options to help pets that have this. Now, if you're looking for a fix for it, you got it and it's probably going to be a pill. Um, as far as there are some more in, I don't want to say invasive, but some more corrective things, but they're usually involving putting collagen in the bladder and injections and it's, it's really not something we recommend for the average pet. Um, for most yeah. dogs that have this, they can be well controlled with medications. Um, now, I'm not sure which one your um, pet is on, but there is um, a couple different ones we can choose from. One is called phenylpropylamine, also known as PPA, and it's usually given two to three times a day, um, and it helps to improve the, the tone in the urinary sphincter. And for a lot of dogs, that may be all they need to control their symptoms. For other okay. dogs, that may not do enough, and um, we may go into a more of an estrogen compound, and those may be given typically only maybe once or twice a week because there's you know uh, definitely good and bad with all these medicines. Um, I can yeah. tell you, my own female dog, um, 13 and a half year old gal, she has urinary incontinence, and she's had it since an early age. Um, yeah, she was did, a ri- did it just happen overnight? It can, yeah, it definitely can. Um, the big question is, and, and granted, I don't know all the details of your pet's health, but when we do diagnose this type of problem, we want to make sure we're not missing something else because there's a lot of other reasons that can cause a dog to produce a lot of urine and not be able to hold it. And I've actually found uh, a high amount of dogs that start doing this kind of urine leakage. We may treat them with a urinary incontinence medicine, but we're not really maybe always catching the real problem. And I found that right. some dogs are actually developing a they have a kidney problem, a liver problem, or some other disorder, and it just makes them drink more, and they can't hold their urine. So if we just treat for the trying to make them hold their urine, we're not really getting to the heart of things. So if your vet hasn't done a full blood panel, I would recommend that. The other thing, and it kind of concerns me when you say your dog's urine is dark and that you're restricting urine. We should never restrict water for a dog that has um, an excessive thirst. There could be a lot of negatives with that. So um, now, I'm know, not I know. maybe right it's before just, bedtime. Uh, but we have to. We have to really watch the toilet seat. <laughs> yeah, sneak oh, sure. in there and get a drink out of the toilet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean anything I that's available. That, but I mean, it, it's water. You know, I mean. Uh, yeah. But so I for feel me, so bad because her her tongue is actually dry. Okay. Well, you need to get this baby checked out. Go to your bed. I'm going to give you a prescription for getting um, a blood panel pulled on her, and I would definitely get a urine sample. And the reason is that a lot of dogs on urinary continence medicines can actually develop retention urinary tracts and infections. So we've kind of messed with their ability to hold their urine, and that sometimes can allow bacteria to flourish in the bladder longer. So um, okay. those two things, I would make sure you get your vet to check the blood and check the urine and make sure we're not developing something else that's causing her to drink excessively um, because definitely okay. you can create problems if we're not kind of being vigilant with that but if it right. turns out that everything else is okay and we're talking about you know finding some continence medicines for her and for the long haul um, you know I'm not afraid of these medicines I like I said I use them for my dog and they really um, they keep her more comfortable keep our house more pleasant and um, just takes a little bit more work and monitoring so um I guess what's bothering me more is, okay, the veterinarian will only give me two weeks' worth of pills for her, mm-hmm. and she's charging me an office visit every two weeks. Wow. And, hmm. and this is really starting to add up. I mean, she's an awesome dog. She's got a very important job. Her uh, her job is to babysit my daughter. Uh, my daughter <laughs> is a 26-year-old woman physically, but 
mentally. She's about five years old. And if any jackass ever came to the door and said, hey, Dad told me to take you bowling, well, she'd grab her bowling ball and shoes and be gone with some stranger. Wow. Okay? Oh. So her well, job is to sound like I'm going to eat you if you open this door. She's very good at it. She's a very playful, very active dog. Uh, we live in Pennsylvania, so we really can't take her on long walks during the winter. She'll jump right on. The, she'll fight you for the for the treadmill. She mm-hmm. loves that treadmill. And of course, yeah. after we get her off the treadmill, then we, we we do give her drinks. But but whenever she lays down and she gets into a deep sleep, that's when she leaks. Well, hey, Neil, um, this is what I would, my advice, and this isn't maybe coming from a veterinarian, but, but you know, if, if you're having trouble communicating with your veterinarian, trying to find an, a solution, and you feel like you're not getting anywhere, um, have a heart to heart. Um, this is, this is where, you know, you're trying to find a solution, get her on a medicine, and hopefully check her out and make sure she's okay. So if you don't feel like you're getting what you need, um, sometimes, you know, getting a second opinion is always well worth it. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, make sure that, you know, we need no, no more. We need to know what medicine she's on and, you know, what the, their concerns are. Because some of these medicines we don't do long-term without monitoring. It can be very dangerous for those yeah. reasons I described. So, um, you know, hopefully your vet's just kind of being extra vigilant and looking out for her health. Um, but, you know, we need a little bit more, um, I guess, explanation on what their intents are there. Hmm. We've done that. We've chopped for new vets. It's not something, you know, if you're unhappy with your vet, find a a vet that you're happy with. We appreciate your call, Neil. Good luck with that. 1-866-405-8405. Well, this Healthy Helping of Animal Radio is brought to you by Solid Gold Holistic Pet Food, offering a wide range of holistic dry and wet food for both dogs and cats. Choose from a variety of grain and gluten-free as well as healthy whole grain options, all with ingredients you can trust. That means no meat byproduct meal, corn, wheat, soy, sugar, artificial preservatives, or flavor added. Thanks, Solid Gold, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, who is this? You talking with me? I'm talking to you. You talking to me? I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to you. Okay, I'm Lucy. Hi, Lucy. How you doing? I'm doing good. Where are you calling? Right now I'm calling in from Maryland. When I called you originally, I was in Arizona. You get around. Yeah. You a driver? Drive a big truck. You drive a big truck. Oh, I love lady yeah. drivers. Oh, this is so much fun. I retired from my original career, and now I'm on vacation and getting paid for it. What was your original career? Registered nurse. Is, do you wow. like this better? Well, I, li- I did nursing for 30 years, and I liked that great. But after 30 years, I needed a change, and I love this because I've, I've been doing it for three years, and I've seen the entire country and Canada. And getting so, paid to do it. And getting paid to do it. Oh, you got to love and it. And I get Teddy with me. Oh, and who is that with you? Teddy. Teddy. Right. Teddy. He's a half Shih Tzu and a half miniature Cocker Spaniel. Does he like traveling with you? He loves it. Mm, okay. He loves it. He's, he's, he's been, you know, I'm, I'm really disappointed that I never had a dog before this. Oh. He is such a love. You just found out about that, huh? Yes, I did. Okay. Well, tell your friends to get an animal. Yeah, I will. Okay. I will. I called you initially because Teddy has a ritual that he does, and I know it's got to mean something, but I don't know what it means. If he's given a treat or if he finds a piece of particular piece of food, I don't know if he, when he likes it or doesn't like it, but he'll touch the tip of his nose to it, back off four inches, touch the floor, touch the food, touch the floor. He'll do that three or four times. Then he takes it and carries it to his bed and buries it. Now, I don't know whether he goes back and eats it or not. I think he does, but I've found like four or five treats in there. 
what does that mean? Well, that's a quite the interesting little thing. So you don't really know if Teddy's eating these treats later on in the day? No, not not later on in the day because, I mean, he's, he's, I found, like I said, four or five days afterward. Yeah, and oh, so you're finding the uneaten treats down the road. Right, right. One way we could interpret that behavior is that, you know, he's kind of taking what's his and he's hiding it for a later date. Um, and some of it is also just, you know, um, a matter of preferences for foods. Um, when you give him his regular food, um, Lucy, does he eat his dog food all in one sitting or is he more of a nibbler? Does he kind of take one little piece and run he's off with it? And definite nibbler. He nibbler. is. I don't, he, he'll eat very, she has done it where he'll go up to his dog food and eat the whole thing. But that's far and few between. Yeah, and he's probably doing some of this kind of, um, uh, kind of calling a hoarding behavior. Um, and I'm assuming he's the only dog in your, in your truck. Yes. You don't have yes. other dogs with him? No. Okay, good. So it's not necessarily a competition type thing. It's just probably a, a way that he's kind of being a dog in his maybe somewhat uh, close environmental situations. And I guess the question I'd also have for you, Lucy, is, um, do you spend some time like, um, in a either a home setting or a hotel setting, and how does, does he do these behaviors there as well? I haven't seen it there. I haven't seen it there because we're, I'm, when I'm home, it's usually like three to four days at a time, and he's out romping around a little bit. I've not seen it outside of the truck. And that kind of puts a little bit more clue into that, that, um, you know, there could be some uh, psychological interpretation that, you know, maybe he thinks because, you know, the road is moving, um, you know, he has to make sure there's food accessible. Um, and it's hard to kind of understand how much dogs reason and kind of are, right. are reasoning through a situation like this. But I could totally make a case where he might be thinking, you know, I want to make sure I got this little snack later and don't know where I'm going to be. Um, so that might be an accommodation he's doing. And, and is he a pretty uh, healthy weight fellow or does he? have a yeah, extra pudge? No, no, he's, he's uh, about 12 pounds. He may just very well be one of those, because he's kind of a nibbler, kind of almost more cat-like in his dining behaviors, that this might just be kind of a normal little uh, quirk with a, your little fella. And as long as everything else is going well, I'd say, you know, uh, you know you can... There is something else. There is something else. Normally, okay. it's not the treats that I give him. There are places that you go to deliver or pick up and whatnot. And folks have dog biscuits and what have you, and they'll give them to him. He doesn't eat them. That, those are particularly the ones. I wonder if it's because it's a different set. These know. are treats that other individuals are giving him. Right. And it may definitely be a preference thing as well. Um, you know, I know my dogs will eat just about anything under the sun that I give them. Um, but if he's more accustomed to some of your his favorite treats that you provide, those might be something he'll readily ingest and say, "I got to eat this right now." It's kind of like the, "I got to have the chocolate chip cookie right now." But you know, I'm going to put the tuna fish sandwich in the fridge, and if I get hungry, I'll eat that later. So he could he could even be reasoning through something that as well. I appreciate the insight. I just. I thought there was some quirky thing about Shih Tzu or something. I don't know. I appreciate it, and I really do enjoy the show that y'all put on. Well, thank you very much for listening. 1-866-405-8405. This portion of Animal Radio was underwritten by Solid Gold. Listen to this. Venison, pollock, duck, quail, cold water salmon, the list goes on. These are what Solid Gold Holistic Pet Food offers. It's a huge variety of sustainably sourced options in both grain and gluten-free and healthy whole grain recipes. No ingredients sourced from China, ever. Try Solid Gold today. And thanks, Solid Gold, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
The more you learn about your insurance coverage, the more gaps you might find. Like how you thought you were covered for this. Honey, someone stole my wedding ring! When you're really only covered for this. Honey, someone stole my decoder ring! Oh well, it was weird anyway. Or how with renter's insurance, you're covered for valuables, electronics, bikes, karaoke machines, waffle makers, superhero pajamas. And without it, you're covered for... Talk to a farmer's agent about what gaps might be hiding in your insurance. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Stella and Chewy's believes that selecting the best food is one of the most important decisions an owner could make for their pet. We believe that pets thrive when they're fed the same diet they'd get in the wild. Dogs and cats are carnivores, and meal mixers are a quick and convenient way to mix a little raw nutrition and great taste into their diet. Made from premium raw ingredients like grass-fed meat and cage-free poultry with organic fruits and vegetables, meal mixers help kickstart your kibble. Learn more at StellaAndChewy's.com. Two days ago, Jeff McDonald posted the following. Just watch the sunrise from above the clouds. So stoked. Jeff got 19 likes and 7 comments. Not bad, Jeff. Geico has a comment to add that may make you even more stoked. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance by switching to Geico. And if that doesn't put your head above the clouds, you'll have the extra money to scale a peak that will. Hashtag on cloud nine. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. I don't know what that means. <laughs> you're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. We're celebrating the connection with your pets toll-free. Here's the number, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie or Dog Father Joey Villani. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and BlackBerry. It's a free download. Thanks to those folks over at Doctors Fosters and Smith. So download it now. And uh, for Wacky Wednesday, our Facebook, this is our Facebook contest. If you're brand new to Animal Radio, we do this every Wednesday over at uh, Animal Radio. That's our Facebook page. And we ask you to upload your wackiest pet pictures. And for the most shares and the most likes of that picture, every Wednesday, we have great, awesome prizes to give away from our sponsors. And this week, Judy, what do you have? We have a great package from one of my favorite companies, the Kong Company. Oh, Kong. Kong, yes, they're giving away a gift basket, which includes the Kong Classic Ball, the Kong Flyer, and then a Kong ball, you know those, like, it looks like three balls stuck together in a little tower that yep. has the hole in the middle. And they didn't forget about the stuffings they're giving away. Peanut butter snacks and peanut butter spreads that you can put inside the balls that your dog can just occupy his time for hours. Mm. All from the Kong company. And anyone that's had an animal or been in the animal industry for a while knows Kong has been in it forever. Oh, and yeah. they make some awesome Awesome products. In Pretty fact, indestructible stuff that they, lasts a yep, long time. They are the uh, the model, the pioneer for any of those chew toys. And so if you want this package, all you have to do is upload your Wacky Wednesday pet pictures, please, over at uh, Facebook.com slash Animal Radio. Everybody gets to vote and like and share, and the most likes and shares picks up that Kong package. I believe they do the voting Wednesday through Thursday, and they pick a winner on Friday. I think that's how they do that. Joey Volani, the dog father, back from the Dominican Republic. What were you doing yes. down there anyway? Um, I was laying in the sun. I was <laughs> catabrating. I was drinking. I was on so the beach. It was um, a vacation what, for what, you. What more do you want me to say? Yes, I didn't know if it was, was work. Was, 
You know what? Well, because I because every time I go somewhere, it's usually for work. I, I understand. Try to get a couple of days, a couple of days in there, but this was just a true vacation. Mm. Wow. So you can't even write that one off for work. You have. Did Sometimes you, even... you got to go far to get away from work. I know. Though. I totally understand. Out of the country, really? Yeah. So what are we going to be talking about this week? Well, the black specks in my dog or cat's coat. Could that possibly mean fleas? And you're going to have to listen to find out. Okay, because I have black specks in my kitty's coat. Right under her chin, she has black specks. We'll have to find out what that is, Al. We'll have to stick around for that. Okay, that's on the way. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A man in South Carolina jumped on the back of a 10-foot alligator to save his girlfriend's dog as it was being dragged into a lake. Brent Carey was taking a walk with his girlfriend and her dog Chance when an alligator jumped out of the water and started to drag Chance into the lake. Carey jumped on the back of the alligator and frantically wrestled Chance out of his deadly jaws. Finally, the gator gave up the little dog who ran safely to shore. Jessica Turner, Chance's owner, said she can't close her eyes without seeing little Chance's head in the gator's mouth. The Department of Natural Resources sternly informed Carrie that he or anyone else should never jump on the back of a 10-foot alligator. Uh, just in case you were thinking of doing it. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. It's time for another Nutri-Life Pet Tip. Well, there's no better way to bond with your dog than taking long walks in the park, right? Right, because it's very important for your dogs to exercise regularly. But it can be no fun if your dog begins to tire easily. Or if just walking has become increasingly difficult for them. Perhaps your dog is getting arthritis or has joint weakness. Make sure you get out with your dog and exercise, but also make sure that you're in tune with their joint health. That was a Nutri-Life Pet Tip. Visit NutriLifePet.com. Sadly, many dogs suffer with weak joints, affecting their ability to walk. Thankfully, there's Ultra Joint and Liver Support from Nutrilife Pet with Sam E, the proven supplement for joint health. Ultra Joint and Liver Support from Nutrilife Pet can help restore your animal's quality of life. Buy one box of Ultra Joint and Liver Support and get one free by using coupon code ANIMALRADIO. Order yours at www.nutrilifepet.com and get your pet up and running. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy, with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication, delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. Hi, I'm Lori Brooks. The bond between humans and dogs may be much older than we previously believed. There's a group of uh, researchers out now that say they have discovered an ancient wolf bone. They did some studies on it, and its DNA suggests that dogs diverged from wolves as far back as 40,000 years ago and point to the ancient wolf as possibly the most recent common relative of modern wolves and dogs. Now, another implication of this study, how dogs became an important part of our human society. The most prevalent theory is that dogs became domestic creatures once humans settled into agricultural-based communities. But, they say, humans could have also caught wolf cubs way back 40,000 years ago and kept them as pets, and then that gradually led to wild wolves being domesticated. 
Every year we hear about pets and children left to die in hot cars. I hate those stories. Or, you know, freezing to death outside in winter. Well, now leaving the family pet outside in extremely hot or cold weather could result in up to a year in jail and a pretty hefty fine under a measure that Illinois lawmakers have sent their governor. The bill would make it a Class A misdemeanor there to expose dogs or cats to life-threatening situations for prolonged periods of time in extreme heat or cold and make it punishable by up to a year in jail, as well as a fine of up to $2,500. Though they say judges would have the discretion to impose a lesser sentence. That bill recently in Illinois passed the Illinois Senate. There's a new study out that reveals having a pet in the classroom may provide real educational value through things like leadership skills and building character. Despite some of the challenges to having classroom pets, like coping with its loss or, you know, the teacher spending their own money to take care of the pet, the study found six objectives proving the benefit of caring for a classroom pet, like teaching children responsibility, compassion, empathy, respect, and leadership through animal care, and providing relaxation when kids are stressed out in the classroom. Many teachers told the study's researchers about the profound impact that classroom pets had on their students, especially those students who they said came from low-income areas who were unable to have pets in their own family. That warms my heart. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Rimadil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. That's <laughs> Animal Radio. Celebrating our connection with our pets toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team, Dr. Debbie, or Dog Father, Joey Volani. And we'll go head back to the phones in just a couple of seconds here. But uh, this is kind of interesting. Dr. Jillian Squirrel is joining us. Uh, doctor, first of all, am I pronouncing your last name right, Squirrel? Yes, like like the animal. As absurd as it is to work with animals. <laughs> Well, you, uh, you're working with animals and homeless people, and this is kind of crucial. You know, when I walk around some of the uh, homeless areas here in uh, Morro Bay, I see a lot of people with their animals. They have dogs. I always scratch my head. You know, they can't feed themselves, but they always manage to feed their dogs. They're like the number one priority for them. Yeah. Uh, so California, in fact, has sort of a, a very 
have sort of like 22% of the homeless population in the States, or at least that was the case in 2013. So there's, you know, there probably are an awful lot of people out there with pets. Should homeless people have pets? Oh, that's a, that's a, an interesting converse, uh, conversation starter. Sure. So um, there's a lot of judgment, I guess, attached to homelessness and a lot of fear probably attached to homelessness. Um, should people have pets who are homeless? Um, people range on a continuum from absolutely they shouldn't, they can't look after themselves to thinking it's a really cute thing. Um, I would have thought that if people could, could look after their animal, then, um, then their companion animal could do, could do a lot of good for them. So it's, it's quite, uh, it's quite a complicated and quite a nuanced, uh, situation. Now, I thought that, you know, at one time I thought that these animals were, you know, I felt pity for them. You know, they're out there, Uh they don't have anything. But then I learned something else, that they are very happy and content because they're not sitting home for eight hours a day while their guardian is working. They are actually with the person pretty much 24-7. That's true. So that would be sort of a tick in the box of it's not unreasonable for people who are homeless to have have their animal companion with them. And isn't it true that... um, that animals, especially dogs, I think, are uh, like a lifeline sort of for a lot of these homeless people. It's all they have, but if people are worried about government support of homeless people and stuff, that's really a, a dog is pretty cheap therapy for them. <laughs> well, a dog is, I mean, certainly with the people that I've, uh, that I've been interviewing, I mean, the, their dog or their cat have a huge number of different types of value for them. So... Um, an unconditional supporter for them, um, someone who's not judging them yep. in the current situation that they're in. Um, it's, of course, when you're homeless, life is very difficult. Um, you know, just think about some of the things that we take for granted, like, you know, washing our hands or getting something to eat uh, or putting on a clean, you know, some clean clothes. All of those things are incredibly difficult and take up a lot of time and a lot of resources for someone who's homeless. But one of the things that uh, somebody who is homeless can do something about is is being with their animal and and looking after their animal. So there's a a chance for them to have some sort of self-esteem and self-regard. You know, they they can be their champion for their pet. They can be providing at least something for their animal or, or sharing their own food with their animal. Do you think that people ever get animals and sit out on the corner and ask for money because people might give them <laughs> See, more? See, I, I was thinking that, too. Yeah, might give them more money okay. if they have a little puppy so, with them or something? So, indeed, that's true. And certainly recently when I was in London looking at the issue of homeless people with pets, I did a, I did come across some situations of let's call it puppy pimping. <laughs> uh, so yes, small cute dogs were being passed from homeless person to homeless person uh, as a way of of getting more income uh, wow. through that sort of panhandling process. Does that happen ordinarily on the London streets? Yes. For sure. That, that type of panhandling was, was definitely happening. I think you hit it right on the head. These are animals that are, they give us their unconditional love. They, they're unjudgmental. And when you're homeless, you're getting judged all the time. Anybody that looks at you, they're immediately judging you. And these animals certainly are not. And they give you that unconditional love. And that's and it, what, yeah. And it's, and it's love without strings. Yep. Um, so, I mean, if you think about how it, 
how difficult it might be to, to, to live as a homeless person. You know, there, there could be lots of strings involved. So, yep, there, and they do sort of strange, you know, they do strange, they do funny things, they're humorous, they come up and nudge your hand for a, for, for a cuddle or some affection. So they bring a sort of lightness, uh, into, into, I think, what could, can be quite a, a difficult day. Wow, you've enlightened me today, Dr. Jillian Squirrel. Thanks so much for joining us. Your website, homelesswithpets.info, homelesswithpets.info, and we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show. Okay. Um, may, I, may I just offer another one? So the homeless do, um, homelesswithpets.info is very much for agencies and people who are homeless, uh, but we also have homelesswithpets.org, which uh, carries other other information. Well, thank you very much. We'll put all that info over at AnimalRadio.com. And I think everybody can help locally. We, we have given over a ton of food to local resource connections so that they can feed their animals. These people that come to the resource connections can feed their animals. And I think if you can help locally, even in your small little way, take some dog food to your local homeless shelter or to somebody who's interfacing directly with homeless. Uh, let's head back to the phones. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Company of Animals. They want to help you, especially if your dog is an excessive barker. Do not fear. There's a solution. It's called the Pet Corrector. Hear that? It's from the Company of Animals, and it's a sound that distracts your dog and allows you to bring their attention back to you, where you can reward them for not barking. Find out more over at companyofanimals.us. And thanks, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. This is Glenn Close on Animal Radio, urging you to spay or neuter your pet. Hello, this is Dr. Bull on Animal Radio. The pets are all part of your life. Make them welcome in your life. It gives me great pleasure to present to you the dog father, Joey Villani. And without any further ado, what's on your mind, man? Tell us. The stage is well, yours. Well, I'll tell you. Okay. I'll tell you, baby. I'll, t- I'll tell you what's on my mind. Um, actually, you don't want to know what's on my mind. You do want to know my tip. Yes, I do. Anyway, so I had a um, question um, from someone actually in, in the supermarket. And um, they, they were asking me about... Where um, the uh, vegetables they, were? Actually, no. You know what? Actually, we were in the, um, in the laundry aisle. Okay. I was buying laundry detergent. Okay. And um, the woman that asked me, she said that she thinks that her um, dog and cat both have fleas. And she said when she was um, going through their coat, she's seen a lot of what looked like, um, looked like dirt, almost like black pepper. And um, usually that's a good telltale sign that there's fleas, even if you don't see the fleas. But a good way to check that, because sometimes it might just be dirt. It could be anything. So what you could do is, is if you put your pet over some paper towels that are lightly sprayed down with some rubbing alcohol, and shake the coat. Now, the black specks that fall off of your pet that go onto the paper towels that are wet with alcohol are going to reabsorb. And if you see what looks like blood droplets... What that basically is, what they call flea dirt. Flea dirt is um, flea poop, basically. It's what they leave behind. And because they're sucking the pet's blood, they're leaving um, dried blood behind. Okay, what's this crud under my uh, cat's chin? It does not turn red when I get it on uh, uh, an alcohol-based Sometimes napkin. it might just be dirt. It, That's it, it, acne. It is it That's acne? cat acne. Cat yeah. acne? They'll get blackheads, which are basically you know dirt plus oil built up in there. And, yeah, you have to clean that or they'll get zits. 
Oh, wow. I didn't know that they could get zits <laughs> like us. What do you clean Feeling it You like? yeah. What do you squeeze it? Stride it? You can, oh, yes. You can squeeze That's one of my most favorite things to do, Joey. I love squeezing cat zits. Oh. <laughs> yes, it's great. It's very satisfying. Kitty facial. Yeah, that's, uh, wow. Okay. Oh. Once again, you have proven you are a special breed. Yep. That's right. That's the veterinarian coming out. So we can use a little Stridex to get rid of that underneath the chin if we didn't want to. Not a human product, but there okay. is kitty acne um, gels oh, there and products is. for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Do, do some cats have it more than others? Uh, potentially, yeah. So some we think maybe related to like plastic bowls kind of causing some irritation. Some cats just have a little bit more of a saliva film or dirt along the chin area. So mm. you have to keep that clean and maybe try some uh, stainless steel bowls that can help. Okay. Good information there. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. This is Animal Radio. Animal Radio is underwritten by Nutrilife Ultra Joint and Liver Support. Does your pet have difficulty walking or running? Try Ultra Joint and Liver Support from Nutrilife Pet with Sam E. Buy one box and get one free by using the code Animal Radio. Call 1-844-PET-SAME or visit NutrilifePet.com. 1-866-405-8405. Hi, Bill. Hello. How you doing? Good. How are you? Very good. Where are you calling from? Youngstown, uh, Ohio. What do you got going on there today? Eh, our dog. It's an uh, Angel's for Animals dog. We got it probably about, I'd say probably about seven years ago. And it was approximately a year old when we did get it. Well, probably about three years ago, we noticed that she was itching her belly under her arms, uh, biting at her feet, her neck, itching at it. And and probably about two or three years ago, we took her to the vet, and the vet told us she was allergic to grass. Now, he gave her steroids, and it, it got a little bit better. He just told us, don't take her outside as much as you can. But my dog follows me when I go anywhere. I can't make her stay in the house. Well, it's um, a rotten existence to have to stay feel, inside. Yeah, I feel bad to make her stay in the house. So he said, also give her a bath about three times a week. Well, I live in Ohio. I really can't give her a bath. She's uh, probably about 80 pounds. What kind of dog house. is she? In the, it's a mix. Uh, we were told it was a mix with a German Shepherd and something else. So we don't okay. really know what it is. The vet's not sure. Now, we've taken her a couple other times to the vet other than that. He keeps on telling us the same thing. Now, um, he cannot give her steroids anymore. He said he gave her enough. And the only thing that I found that did help a little bit where she itches, right now it's getting a little bit better, but it's still bad uh, because it's, the hair is all the way, it's gone for the most part on her butt, her tail, and under her armpits. The sweat okay. causes like a yeast infection. And if I use like uh, my conazole cream, it does help her, but what can I do to make her better? Now, in those areas where she's losing hair, does she have any sores? Is she red? It's red, just I believe from her itching, but it could be from from an irritation. Other than that, uh, okay. she has itched it down to bleeding on to, at times. Okay, and is she horribly bothered with this? Does this consume her daily activity? Uh, she, if I take her out to play, 
she forgets all about it. If I okay. sit there and pet her, she forgets all about it. But if you leave her alone for two seconds, she's itching okay. and dragging her butt. And it, it just, it bothers me that it bothers her and we can't get it fixed. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I understand uh, your veterinarian's concern about using steroids kind of as a mainstay to treat allergies because it's, it's really not the, the best way. It's sometimes a quick fix, but it, it's something that can really have some negative side effects. And for dogs with something like grass allergy, there's things you can do, you know, you can't keep her inside 100% of the time. When you are bringing her inside, for some people, actually cleaning the paws or wiping down the areas that they've laid in the grass can be helpful. But I think a lot of this, we really would want to look at the root of the problem. If if your pet has allergies, and we're assuming it's not something else like flea allergies um, or some other type of skin infection yeah. or mites or things like that, then yeah. I would really look at trying some different things. And one of the first things I always try for my allergy patients is getting them on a hypoallergenic diet. That is one of the, the most important things because if you can avoid medicines, I'm all for, um, you know, the extra costs and the extra dedication it takes to using a, a specialty food. That'd yeah. be one thing. Now, um, what is now, when, a hyperallergenic diet? There's a lot of good ones there. out there. Most of that you, you would want to talk to your veterinarian, but um, I really like, there's one by Hills called ZD. Um, there's uh, Purina has a, a hypoallergenic diet called HA. Um, then there's some other ones out there that are duck uh, protein or duck and potato based, uh, venison based foods. So there's a lot of different diets out there, but that can be a really great therapy tool that a lot of people don't use. And it's, you know, if you don't have to shove pills down your dog's throat, it's an easy way to go in my book. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, you mentioned that she had some discoloration and some concerns of a yeast infection. And I think in a lot of cases, we try to treat the allergy, but we don't treat what else is kind of tagging along for the ride. And mm-hmm. yeast comes along a lot. Um, as well as bacteria. So um, if the topical yeast medicines work, it might be wise to invest in using an oral uh, yeast medicine as well. And I do find a lot of dogs, you know, sometimes we have to keep them on that for a spell because yeast takes a long time to clear up. Um, but that can be very helpful as well. Um, topically, you can do those shampoos and medicated baths realistically a couple times a week. And if that's not something easily done for you, um, you can always, you know, have a groomer do that or, you know, have an animal professional take care of that because that is important to remove some of that material off the surface, the bacteria and the yeast. And, um, you know, start with some of those things. I would definitely try some um, anti-allergy medicines. Um, Antihistamines are useful. Some of the typical ones like Benadryl or Atarax are probably my favorites for dogs. Um, fatty acids such as derm caps are really good for allergy patients. And I would also, um, you know, consider if you're looking to maybe do a little bit more investment, it takes a little bit of checking on overall health status, but there's some medicines for allergies called cyclosporine, and it basically helps to kind of quiet down the pet's immune system, and um, it does have side effects, so it's not something we just jump into, but it's something that, you know, a little different than prednisone that might be helpful to kind of trick her immune system around <laughs> these allergies here. So it gives you a lot to think about. Does any of that sound possible for you? Well, actually, I was going to say Benadryl we did give her, but we gave her, like, what you and I would take. Not the same dosage, but the same pills that were over the counter. 
With Benadryl, um, I'd say the biggest problem I see with um, pet owners is that they actually give too low of a dose with Benadryl for dogs because um, dogs are not people, and some drugs you would give a whole lot less for an animal than you would for a dog. For, for Benadryl, I find that most people don't give it frequent enough as well. It should be given two to three times a day for, for really um, you know, being most effective. Okay. So I hope that's of some help for you, Bill. And um, allergies are definitely, gosh, one of the worst things to deal with in the skin world for pets. Um, but also make sure you check on uh, flea control because that also in Ohio, <laughs> you've got a bed of uh, parasites there. So you want to make sure you cover your bases all the way around. Sorry. This is Dr. Debbie. And uh, thank you for the call, Bill. Give us a call here at Animal Radio, one 405 8405. This portion of Animal Radio was underwritten by Stella and Chewies. We all know pets thrive when they're fed the same food they get in the wild, and meal mixers are an easy, convenient way to add raw, nutrient-rich meat, wholesome fruits, vegetables, probiotics, and antioxidants to any diet. Learn more over at StellaandChewies.com. And thanks, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Are you sure you got this right? Cats on the job? I know. I can't believe it either. Okay. On the show today, somebody has actually written a book about 50 cats, and it's probably all they found, that work, <laughs> that have a job. That I do. wonder how many years it took her. We hear that, uh, you know, about the dogs all the time. Dogs sure. work all the time. In fact, they need a job. This lady's going to tell us all about these 50 felines that uh, work for a living on this Halloween show. That should be pretty scary. What do you say about that? Hey, Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, you know, they always say there's, what, a better way to build a mouse trap or some traps are really bad for animals because they will trap animals that they're not supposed to. And Ooh. we kind of run into these all the time. That's on the way with Lori Brooks. Let's head to the phones. Hey, Peter, how you doing? I'm doing great, actually. Are you? What's going on yeah. in your world? It says up here on the screen, trout. That's all it says. Uh, ah, yes. What's going right. on? Okay, I was I catch a radio show yesterday, and I was actually driving from Phoenix, Arizona to Redmond, Washington. Mm-hmm. And um, I have some trout. Now these are these are pet trout. Yeah. Well, yeah, they've been pets now for the last two years. Pets. Hmm. Trout. How, how do you get trout as pets? <laughs> okay. Uh, I, w- I went out camping with my family one day uh, in Arizona, up in the mountains, and uh, we were out there messing around, and somebody forgot to uh, put the roast beef and turkey in the cooler, so it went bad the next day. So we threw it in the river for the fish to eat. Uh-huh. The fish went crazy and went nuts over it, and so we were messing around, and I got in the water, and I was letting the food go down by my legs. It was down by my legs, the fish all swam around, and some of them swam in, swam in my shorts. Oh, you got to be careful about that. So we, we cl- I closed off my shorts and uh, scooped them up and took them home. So I have about eight trout at home in a tank. So I have like uh, five browns and three rainbows. How big were they? Uh, they were probably four or five inches. And wow. now? How big are they now? They're about six to eight inches now. The biggest one is eight inches. And how long have you had them? 
for two years so far. Two years? I don't know what the life expense is. Now, Dr. Debbie, you see a lot of strange animals because you are in Las Vegas. Of course, you have uh, all the shows there with their animals. Do you know anybody that's had trout as a pet? I do not know anybody who's kept trout as pets, although my husband is an avid fisherman and he loves bass. So we have had this conversation extensively about keeping bass as pets and setting up a 100-gallon tank and meeting their needs and making sure we fed them appropriately. So this is actually something that isn't too foreign for me, although I don't think I've really had any clients with pet trout yet so this would be the first <laughs> well, how, how long would they live according to the fish hatchery they said that um they're in spawning and eating range in two years wow so, spawning so from when they two years and, so they could they're supposed to be spawning but i think they're too small for it and what kind of environment do you keep these guys in well i had them in a hundred gallon tank at the house and basically what i did is i i made this I, I had this invention that I that I built. It's called a fish tank vacuum. It basically looks like a uh, an an egg that you'd have fine pantyhose in, you know, those leg pantyhose eggs. Uh-huh. Okay. And yeah. it floats around the tank and it cleans up all the gunk because trout are dirtier than goldfish. Oh wow. so yeah, they are it, filthy. <laughs> cleans it out yeah, it totally cleans it all out. And I don't use charcoal filters. I just have uh, quartz rocks, a redwood log in there, sand and water. And I, you know, and I feed them palm, uh, pond food, uh, some roast beef and turkey because they like it. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes I give them um, uh, fruit roll-ups. Wow. Well, that oh, yeah. balances I, their I, diet. I've done a lot of experimenting. Uh, trout love fruit roll-ups. You want to go fishing? Take a little piece of fruit roll-up on a, on a hook. They'll snag that in a heartbeat. Oh, oh my goodness! It's uh, much more so, humane bait. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and, you know, you, you can eat it and they get to eat it. Now, and that'd be the question I have. These are pets. You don't have any anticipation of them becoming anything Food? grilled no. anytime soon. No, 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 no. These are just pets. But my biggest concern is that I, you know, I just moved here last night from uh, uh, Arizona to Redmond, Washington, and um, I brought them over in my car in a uh, um, in a styrofoam uh, cooler. So. Okay. Uh, so I had a, uh, an air pump in there, so I had air constantly being pumped in as I'm driving on the road. And Good. So they had the air, they had the water, they had their food. If it was cool with that, I'm just worried about when I take them out in this type of environment. Exactly. Well, it sounds like you had a lot of the important things, the aeration during travel, which is, is yeah. definitely very important. It's and I'm, I'm assuming you kept... They are not in shock at all. Good. And when you transported them, I'm assuming you used the existing tank water uh, when you were no, transporting I just, them. Um, I, I took I took their their tank water. Correct. Yeah, that's why I want to make sure because that's really oh, yeah. important is to use what's in their immediate environment. Um, it's kind of hard to, to transport. Fill about a gallon of it of normal normal water because a gallon of it splashed out on some turns. Oh, I'd imagine. <laughs> So the the hard part is going to be to make sure that you, when you set up your tank in that new environment, is that you try to mimic as much as you can to what was existing in the old environment. Um, so some of that would be, you know, this is an indoor tank, I'm assuming? Yeah. Okay, so the indoor environment, the basic temperature zone that you have in the home is kind of what we're shooting for. And assuming that you moved most of the equipment, um, then you should be hopefully able to mimic that. Did you move the the heating the source and all of that water, type? The water and the fish. That's all you got? 
Yeah. Okay. Because I, I figured when I got here, I can get, a, get a new tank or whatever. Okay, yeah. And the big thing is when you definitely switch over and you add water in there, just like with anyone who does keeps aquariums, you need to make sure to let the water sit out for a good 24 or 48 hours or uh-huh. to use the dechlorinators um, before you actually no. put, the, no, no put the fish in there. Yeah, huh. absolutely. Good for us to drink, but not good for our uh, fish to uh, drink in the tank. So that would be one of the most important things that I'd make sure. And then to make sure that you're also using things. Don't bring in anything from the wild environments as of yet. You need them to get acclimated to the tank. Don't bring in any kind of uh, uh, river rocks or any logs from the nearby ponds and things. We want to get them acclimated to your new tank first. Um, And because those things can bring in sources of uh, bacteria, parasites, things like that. So you want to kind of just try to get them steady and settled in into the new home. Okay. All right. So just basically get the use the water here and their tank water to get the the water set first, and then have the fish get acclimated to that. And then when that happens, then introduce the the other rocks and and logs and sand. Right. Yeah. Now and then, have you had um, aquarium fish when you were younger? Oh yeah, I've, I've had fish all my life, but these do not act like aquarium fish at all. They're for one, they're hardier, and two. They're very, very particular. Like I, I actually had to use sand. Uh, I went down. I went down to the hardware store and bought sand and had to use sand for the river bottom. Uh, that's why I couldn't use um, a normal fil- uh, filter. I had to take the, the had to take the charcoal the charcoal filters out because the charcoal filters was making the water too clean. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's good then. If you're getting sand from a, a, a source like that, that's a clean source and, and you're not picking it up somewhere um, from okay. the environment. That's yeah. the kind of things. Okay. Very important. But now, I, I should still add that after the fish get acclimated, the water appears. No, that you'll want to have set. Um, I was just uh, referring to any kind of structure, anything like that that you put in there. Um, the biggest thing is I'd say get them acclimated to the water, get them acclimated to the tank, and a substrate within there and get your, um, get your aeration going, get your circulation going. Um, and okay. don't be too surprised if they're going to act a little freaky and um, as we get settled in. Now, a what lot about of times the, the altitude and all? The, the, like, cause, you know, I'm a totally different long, longitude, 2,500 miles up. Yeah, you know, and I honestly, I don't know that uh, I've studied the effect of altitude differences in fish, although 2,000 feet I couldn't imagine would be too much of a change, whereas if you were going up to a higher, like a more mountainous type environment. So okay. I honestly don't know that, but um, the big thing I'd be watching for them is to see if you know they're hanging around at the surface a lot, um, any abnormal breathing patterns, if they're doing any kind of gasping. But for something like that, that's going to be really hard to try to acclimate them um, to an altitude change. That's going to be making sure everything else is as stable as you can um, and make their world as quite as possible as you're getting them acclimated. Okay, cool. Very neat. So did you name any of these fish? Do they have names? Uh, no, we, we've never named them. We were going, oh, we know that there's one girl out of the bunch, uh, because after we first caught them for about the first few weeks, okay, great, we got eight of them. This is really cool. And for almost ten months in a row, we can only count seven, uh, seven, and we couldn't find the third, we couldn't find eighth body. And then about a month ago, uh, we found the eighth body, because at three o'clock in the morning, and I've realized at three o'clock in the morning, they separate. The browns will go to one side of the tank, and the rainbows will go to the other side of the tank. Wow. I'd have to say, Peter, you're going to have to write a story about this to share with other pet owners who might be looking for alternative pets and some of the behaviors of the, the trout. That's fascinating. Fun stuff there, Peter. Thanks for sharing it with us.
Thank you very much. one 405 for Dr. Debbie right now. I believe we have George on line four. Can you punch that up? I can't reach it today. There, there thank you. Hi, George. How you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Very good. Where are you calling from? I'm in Muskegon, Michigan right now. Are you a driver? Yeah. Okay. George, what's going on with you? Dr. Debbie's on with us here. Hi. Hi. Yeah. I, I have a female Airedale that's spayed. She's three years old. Her weight was up to 130 pounds. And uh, about yes. a year ago, we put her on a diet. And the doctor wants her down to around, uh, the vet wants her down to about 100 pounds. But I can't get her below 117. And all I feed her is uh, a cup of... Uh, Dried dog food in the morning mixed with a half can of green beans and the same thing at night. And when, when you look at her, do you think she looks pudgy? Yeah, she's kind of a little bit white at the crust of Okay. But uh, I got her from Airedale Rescue when she was three months old, and she weighed 35 pounds then. Oh, when she was little, yeah. <laughs> they grew up to be big girls, but, uh, yeah, I would say at 130, that definitely sounds as a number. It sounds high. And and if you're going by the, the body condition score, which is usually what most veterinarians use where we look at your pet and we look for some certain outlines and shapes that we want to see. And if she doesn't have a nice little narrow waist when you're standing above her um, and she kind of looks like a pretty much like a rectangular potato, <laughs> then that's not what we want. We want to have a nice little silhouette. So um, I guess the first thing I'd ask you as far as, um, you know, food-wise, as far as is she actually on a weight loss diet? I am feeding her uh, for about a year now, uh, blue buffalo, uh, weight control, uh, right now. Okay. Okay. Um, and and um, has your veterinarian expressed any concerns for anything health-wise, any kind of hormone problems? Because one of the big things I'd be looking for in a dog that can't drop the weight would be potentially a thyroid problem. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that myself, but uh, yeah. maybe a... It- and it's a very common hormonal problem. So if she hasn't been screened for that yet, I would definitely draw some blood and check her for that. Um, a low thyroid level in dogs can cause problems with weight gain, as well as some other hair coat problems where they get kind of dry skin um, and, and can have some activity problems. So that would be definitely something I'd look at. And I would really encourage you to use a weight loss diet in more of a prescription strength. Um, and that basically means nothing wrong with the food you're feeding right now, but when we're really trying to make some sincere efforts at getting that, that poundage off, um, it is advisable to use a prescription weight loss food. Um, talk to your veterinarian. There's a lot out of there. Out there, um, I use um, some of the different Hills products. Um, Purina makes a weight loss uh, food as well, but it gets a little bit more calorie restrictive than general over-the-counter uh, weight loss foods that are out there. Um, and then, and the other thought is, um, there is actually a weight loss drug for dogs. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called Slentrol. And it actually is a drug that helps to curb their appetite. And we only want to use it in a healthy dog that doesn't have a thyroid problem, doesn't have a liver problem. But that is really useful for some pets that just can't get that weight off or that have a very strong appetite. Um, but we do have to use that with caution, so you, you work with your veterinarian on that. And that can help um, definitely kind of curb the little munchies that she might be having that could be contributing to her weight problem. And are you, George, are you doing some activity, some exercise for her? Well, I could take her for a walk now and then, but uh, my wife and I both work. We have a fenced-in yard, and we have a dog door, so she goes in and out whenever she wants. But 
Okay. Probably not enough because she's kind of a couch potato. <laughs> she's living the good life there. <laughs> and I would say definitely, if there's an ability that you can get her um, activity up, you know, two 30-minute walks a day are ideal for trying to get that activity level. And you might be able to get away feeding, you know, maybe the regular food you're feeding now or not restricting her diet so much if we can get that activity level up. So um, I'd say get her off the couch, <laughs> away from the TV, um, play ball if she likes to do any kind of retrieving activities. Um um, but even a good, you know, brisk walk a couple times a day is a fabulous thing for us and great for her as well. So keep up those weight loss efforts there, George. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio, 1-866-405-8405. Animal Radio is underwritten by Neutralife Ultra Joint and Liver Support. Does your pet have difficulty walking or running? Try Ultra Joint and Liver Support from Neutralife Pet with Sam E. Buy one box and get one free by using the code ANIMALRADIO. Call 1-844-PET-SAME or visit NeutralifePet.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. When Shelby escaped from the dog pound. Yes, he wouldn't want to be you. <laughs> he just needed a place to hide. Who's down there? Hey, hi, kid. Ah! Huh, get me out of here. But instead he found. You're my new partner. A new best friend. You'll have to hide out down here till Christmas morning. Then I can say Santa brought you. Chevy Chase, John Paul Rutan, Tom Arnold, and Rob Schneider as the voice of Shelby. Best Christmas ever. Shelby. Coming soon to DVD, Digital HD, and On Demand. Did that get your attention? That's how it works on your dog, correcting undesirable behaviors. It's important to handle any pet behavioral issues with love and care, rather than pain or punishment. The Pet Corrector allows you to safely change unwanted behaviors in your dog, like excessive barking, stealing food or shoes, or chasing people and dogs. With a simple, you can stop all these problems. Find out more at www.companyofanimals.us and get the dog you've always wanted. Right, Max? Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. It's your night to turn up the country. The CMA Awards. We're going to have a good time tonight. With performances by Carrie Underwood, Brad Pace, Miranda Lamb, Blake Shelton, Luke Bryan, Florida, Georgia Lawrence, Sure, plus exclusive duets. Thomas Rhett with Fallout Boy, Keith Urban with John Mellencamp, and for the first time on the CMA stage, Chris Stapleton with Justin Timberlake. Everybody ready? Brad Paisley and Carrie Underwood host the CMA Awards live Wednesday, 8, 7 central on ABC. Hi, this is Betty White. All us animal lovers love animal radio. Please help every way you can to make life better for our animals. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. If you're crazy about your animals, you found your show. We are too. Maybe a little too crazy about our animals. Some people say we spoil them, but we know we just treat them right because they're our family, right? Right. Treat them just like, uh, you know, they're family. Yeah. 
In fact, I actually she did better than that. Yeah, my goodness. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you hit it right on the spot. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. So we're going to go to the phones and answer your calls toll free at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. You can talk to our veterinarian, Doctor Debbie, or to our groomer, dog father, Joey Villani, or if you just want to say hello. It is, of course, Halloween, and sometimes the dogs and cats love to get dressed up. Uh, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't. We got one picture this morning of a cat dressed up. It was actually a video, a cat dressed up as uh, Captain Hook. Wasn't that cute? That was adorable. <laughs> you want to see that, head on over to our Facebook page where we're posting all these Halloween videos and pictures of these uh, animals. And, and, you know, some animals like Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, she, she thrives for the attention. She just loves the attention. She knows everybody's looking at her you despite she, the costume. She does. When I go try to put anything on her, she picks her paw, her feet up, her front feet, oh. and, and puts it in the arm, and I could actually hold it, and she'll put, and then she picks up the other one and tries to put it she in. She gets into it. She knows. But not does. every dog is like that. You're so right, you really, you have to know your pet, and you really, it's not about torturing your animal just for a giggle. It, it, they have to enjoy it, or at least tolerate it as you giggle. Do your animals enjoy it or tolerate it? They do because I usually I treat a lot, <laughs> so it's it one fun. way to. I do. I make it fun for them. It's a reward. They they know that if mom goes into the cabinet, pulls out these crazy outfits, and you walk around the house in them, you get like lots of goodies and you get lots of attention. <laughs> and they think it's a, they think it's good. But you know, I have to say that some costumes are just not uh, suited for animals, and a lot of those with the rubber bands and people will try to you know affix them to their dog's head in weird way and anything that constricts um, around a dog's neck, their ears, they're not going to like, and it can be a danger to them. So you really just have to keep safety first just like with a kid you know yeah absolutely um, so the, the big thing is that you don't want to tie a rubber band or any of these elastic strings around their ears or anything that could cut off circulation you definitely don't want them getting into the candy and that's a big thing that dr debbie sees mm-hmm. all these animals this oh, time yeah. of year is the candy and the, the other thing is they may not be used to seeing people in costumes that look scary and they may freak and this is also a time of the year where a lot of animals get lost they take off and the next day lost and found uh, the shelters are all mm-hmm. filled uh pe- with people looking for their animals and hopefully they're there at the shelters yeah, yeah. So if your dog's not really into the whole scene, you know, a safe back bedroom is the best thing to do. Turn the music on. Um, at, at our house, we have like a little doggy gate we put so that we don't have to open the door nor worry about the uh, the dogs escaping out the door. That way, the human can go through the little gate and uh, you know the dogs can watch. <laughs> we actually stay at home and we let Ladybug answer the door in her costume and uh, give out. We don't give out uh, candy. We give out uh, books. Do you really? <laughs> I'd skip your house. I'm sorry. So that's why we're not getting any trick-or-treaters, Hal. Yeah, I have an algebra book this year that I'll be giving out to one lucky costume. You know, every year I have the kids' candy, and then I have a bowl of dog treats. And I'm just always waiting for those dogs to come to the door because they get their goodie, too. Yeah. Okay, so please have fun and be safe. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, Cats on the Job. That's the name of a brand-new book. And it's also just a funny saying. Just cats Sounds like oxy- oxymoron. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. Hi, I'm Lori Brooks. 
There is a warning for pet owners now out there after a cat was found with its head stuck in a rodent trap, of all things. It happened in England, but pet owners everywhere are being asked to look out now because they say that these traps can also kill smaller pets like cats and tiny dogs. This cat, who was seriously injured in England, was caught in what's called a fen trap. It's meant for squirrels and rats, but luckily that cat was found and then rescued by a good Samaritan. Now, since the incident in England last month, the SPCA is now calling on people everywhere to be aware that setting these traps could be breaking laws. While it's not illegal if the traps kill rodents, they say if the trap kills a domestic animal, the owner could be prosecuted by police in some jurisdictions. If your companion pet is a sun seeker, the dog that likes to lay by the window, the sliding glass door, or the cat that likes to lay in the window and soak up the sun. Now, if they have a thin or a light-colored coat of hair, make sure you put sunscreen when they are outside on those vulnerable areas. That would be their nose, their face, the tips of their ears, and their bellies for those pets who like to sleep on their backs in the sun. But when you use sunscreen on a pet, make sure it's a sunscreen that is made specifically for pets or that you use a PABA for Free sunscreen or zinc oxide will also work for pets. And when temperatures get extreme, heat exhaustion and heat stroke are really big concerns, especially for those dogs with flat faces, you know, flat, squishy noses like Boston Terriers, English and French Bulldogs, Pekingese and Pugs too. So for those short-faced or short-nosed breeds, as little as 20 minutes in really high temperatures can be fatal to them. Dogs with those heavy coats, too, or with heart problems can also be at risk of exhaustion and heat stroke. Signs of heat stroke you need to watch out for. Excessive panting. Weakness. Maybe you see the dog becoming dizzy. Look at their gums. If their gums get a dark red color, that's a big sign, as well as nausea and a loss of consciousness. But don't go looking for ice water. The thing to do is you want to cool the animal down with lukewarm water and get him to the veterinarian right away. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Remedil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Get your plenty card at Exxon or Mobile and start earning points at lots of places. So I get points for filling up at Exxon? You sure do. What about getting coffee at Mobile? Points. Streaming TV shows on Hulu? Definitely. Points on my AT&T wireless bill? Yep. Buying soap? At Rite Aid. Buying you a birthday present? Points at Macy's. Visiting your parents? No. You get marriage points. Oh. Exxon and Mobile are the only fuel brands that are part of Plenty, the rewards program that lets you earn points at one place and use them at another. Join Plenty for free through a participating Exxon or Mobile station today. Terms and limitations apply. See Plenty.com slash partners for details. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
Pets Animal Radio. Judy doing the funky chicken. Is that what what that is? Yes. Little knees. You know, I learned that I was in the fifth grade and I was going to a birthday party and my girlfriend's father owned a restaurant. We were going to get up on stage and dance and I didn't know how to dance at 10 years old. So the girls in the classroom got us non-dancers together and taught us a funky chicken. You did a fine job there. I wish people could see that if this was only TV. I perfected it. I think we, we were all entertained like in the studio. Like Bennis on, on Seinfeld. Just a little <laughs> oh bit. Just a God. little bit. You totally got it. Yes. <laughs> see? Some people just have it. So uh, this uh, next guest, it's kind of funny. The book that she's written is called Cats on the Job. And I just think about cats working. What, are you kidding? <laughs> Earning there's, the keep? There's no cat I know. None of the cats that are here at the studio, they make me feel like I've asked them for a ride to the airport all the time. You know, I feel guilty. <laughs> like I owe them something, right? They're freeloaders. And uh, so when I saw that the title of the book, I was immediately amused. But then I went through the book and I saw that there are a lot of uh, these cats that seem to help out their owners in jobs. And this book has and- some amazing amazing pictures and stories behind it. And we've left it around the studio, hoping the cats, the studio pick cats will pick it, up on it, but, but it not yet. Not a bit. Uh, uh, we welcome the author, Lisa Rojak, to the airwaves here at Animal Radio. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm awesome. So now, do you have cats that work for you? Um, no, I have no cats currently. I am a former ex-crazy cat lady. So the, one, the, the cats who I uh, interviewed for the book... I was amazed at how industrious some of them can be. Well, uh, tell us about was, some of them. Well, you know, I must say it was a goofball book to research. I've done a lot of <laughs> different animal books, you know, from Dogs of War to Dogs of Courage, and um, a book about interspecies animal families. But this one, I cracked up with everyone because, again, as you said in your intro, Cats don't have the best reputation for being um, good workers. So the model cats, there are actually cats who model cat costumes and cat wigs and and cat actors uh, wow. who act in movies and on TV commercials. And there's a great picture of an, of an actor cat on one of the Star Trek series. Um, who was a kind of recurring character on on the uh, show? He was belonged to Data. I'm not a Trekkie, so I never watched it, but um, <laughs> a lot of people recognize that cat. And in fact, yesterday I did a book signing with the bookstore cat, and yeah, that cat was more along the lines of my cat, my previous cats, and your cats. And that it's really hard to get a cat to uh, pose on cue if that said cat cannot be bribed with catnip or food. So, yeah. So, but, but you know, there are also other cats who service cats, and there was, there was a great therapy cat in there um, where in, in Indiana where the cat's human actually brings the cat named Frog and one, I'm sorry, I'm, I have cat on the brain now. I can't even remember the name of the cat. Yeah. A flash, sorry. Um, she brings that cat to nursing homes and um, and to hospitals and brings them into parades and and that cat you know waltzes in, sits, plops down on a on a patient's bed and instantly makes people feel better. Not only the patient but the patient's family and the staffers. Wow, cats. The big thing is motivation and in f- getting them to do what you want them to do. So, did you find that most of the cats in your book were kind of 
these were natural abilities that they were doing and the, the owners just recognized that or they actually trained them to do something? Great question. I, yeah, I think that in most of the cases, the cats just kind of showed up and created their own jobs. Like, like Grumpy Cat is in the book. <laughs> Grumpy Cat. What is he created, under there for? Uh, it was under Celebrity Cat. Oh, Celebrity Cats. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the, one of the more entertaining cats, there are two of them in this category who work in the same, who are in the same workplace, are office cats. They work in an insurance adjuster's office in Little Rock, Arkansas. And the cats are just, the cats actually have business cards and job titles, and there are actually a couple of dogs who live who who also work the um, in the office, and um, the, the people, the staff use the cats as as a screening for future um, for potential employees, and if the if the if the employees come in, because you know insurance adjusters have to go into strange houses and. They're attack, you know, the dogs might attack them and they might um, be afraid of cats. And so they're very sly at this, at this insurance adjuster office because the, the, um, the, the new employee, the prospective employee will come in and if the employee freaks out at the fact that, yes, there's a cat sticking his, his face drinking out of your, into your water, drinking out of your water glass, then they know not to hire that person. <laughs> I, I want to know how the mayor Stubbs became the mayor of Talkeetna, Alaska. Did he just go in and kick out the other mayor? And how do we get more cats to kick out more this, politicians? This is a cat mayor that you're talking about. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's up in Alaska, in a in a, in a tiny town, and um, mayor is the, the the position of mayor there in Talkeetna is kind of an honorary title, and um, I think previous. Uh, holder was not too effective at his 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 or her job, and so they figured, let's just let, let, let a cat do it. And <laughs> you just gave me a great idea. I'm just thinking, like, like grumpy cat for president. I'm, oh, I'm just saying, there you and go. I'm saying that because I think that if I gave you the choice of Donald Trump or grumpy cat, I think I know I what you'd pick. Pick grumpy cat. Uh, yeah, I, I I think most people are with you on that. Fun stuff. I like it. It's time for you to go out and get a cat because otherwise you're sort of a hippocat. 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 Lisa, thanks for so much for spending time with us today. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It was fun. 1-866-405-8405. Hi, Bob. How are you doing? Here's my question. We have a, a Yorkie puppy who weighs right at a pound and... Um, she was born July the 18th, and when we took her to the vet, the, the first vet said she's too small to give a sentinel heartworm and sleep tab. Mm-hmm. And then we went to a second vet who said, no, you can go ahead and give her one because uh, you just have to break it in half. And he gave me an 11 to 25-pound tab, okay. which still seems like too much. So I, I called Sentinel on their 800 number, and they said that they they don't recommend it for any dog less than two pounds. Yeah, yeah. So the, the question is, what kind of flea treatment? I, I want to get her on some kind of a heartworm regimen, and I also would like to get her on some kind of a flea regimen. Right now we use Dawn detergent, which actually... <laughs> Good old Dawn. <laughs> yeah, well, actually it works. Um, 
but I hate to give her a bath every week, but that's what we're doing. Yeah, um, and let me ask you, are you, do you have a lot of flea problems in your area? Oh, oh well, yeah, in the area we do, but we have a screened-in porch. <laughs> we take her out there, and uh, she has a little puppy pad that we're using to get her house broken. So, she so she's probably it. not one of those dogs that spends a lot of time outdoors roaming the great yonder. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> well, you know, every region's a little bit different in what their veterinarians were probably most comfortable with. Um, I do have, you know, definitely I share the concerns with a small dog and using some products. Um, and I would always fall back on the manufacturer because they're going to be the ones that stand behind the product legally. So if they say not to use the, the heartworm flea medication for her, then I'm going to honor that. For smaller pets in my office, we very commonly will use, as far as heartworm protection, we'll use um, HeartGuard, um, which is a type of a monthly chewable, um, as well as um, Interceptor. And uh, those are some of the products that we'll use in our office. As far as flea tick products, you can kind of switch things up a little bit and you can try some different things. And, you know, regular bathing with Dawn is is great to just kind of remove the fleas, but it doesn't do a lot to really give us some long, sustained protection. Um, So we we would certainly look at maybe something like, um, I'm a fan of Frontline uh, when it comes to um, flea and tick control, and that's the type, either a topical, spot-on, or spray-on. So it's nice and convenient when we have one product that kind of does everything, but you might kind of have to mix and match, um, just so that we're keeping in mind her small size and, uh, you know, covering your bases with uh, all the different things we've got to worry about with our puppy dogs in the infectious disease world. Well, I appreciate it. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. I noticed you got another shipment of the Lucy Pet Products shampoo, and and you've been using it. I've been using it a lot. Now you pet sit. I do. I pet sit a little chihuahua, and I have to say she was kind of a stinky little chihuahua. I'll vouch for that. Stinky chihuahua. So I just went ahead and decided on my own with these great products to give her a bath. You made a unilateral decision to use this Lucy Pet Product shampoo on the dog, On right? the dog. I thought, okay, wait a minute. I have this great product here, and sitting next to it, I have this stinky, stinky dog. dog. You know, I mean, it's like a match made in heaven. So I used the Blue Lightning, and it's a blueberry scent. And I didn't tell the owner. So at the end of the day, when the <laughs> owner came and picked the dog up, she picked the dog up and you could just see the look on her face like what is that smell and when she put her nose down into her dog she's like oh my gosh my dog's never smelled so wonderful and she said not only that when she ran her hand over her coat she said the dog was just so soft and it was just she was just happy I was pretty sure she was going to take a bite out of the dog. I know. I had to warn her that. Not a blueberry not, not muffin. A, no, not a blueberry muffin. Even though she looked like a blueberry muffin, a little, you know, light coated colored chihuahua, but don't, don't take a bite out of it. She wanted to know what I use. She says this is something she has to get and has to tell all her friends about. And it was, of course, Lucy Pet it Products, was. Blue Lightning Shampoo. Just one of the many, many flavors or fragrances. <laughs> one thing you should share with your pet sitting client is that yes. she can make the dog smell that way all the time with the leave-in conditioning spray. You can just brush it into your dog's coat, and it will help condition their skin and fur and help keep the fragrance on your oh, dog. Just a little spritzer in between baths to keep them fresh smelling. Best of all, part of the proceeds go to help support the Lucy Pet Foundation. They are a 501c3 registered animal charity whose mission is to reduce pet overpopulation and support causes that benefit animal welfare. So you have all the reasons in the world to try this stuff out. It's just good shampoo made by a company that benefits the animals. 
products with the cause. And I know you can get it over at uh, Petco and your independent pet retailer. If they don't have it, ask them for it. And learn more over at LucyPetProducts.com. Let's take a call for Dr. Debbie. We have Joseph on the phone. Hey, Joseph. Welcome to Animal Radio. Hi. Where are you calling Hi. from? Um, I, I'm in Cottonwood, California right now. I'm a truck driver. Truck driver. Okay. Well, drive carefully, please. What's going uh, on? No, I'm, I'm parked. But Good. I have, a, I have a Jack Russell, and um, he, he's had a couple times in the last few weeks where he's uh, gotten up. And he started get, he started shaking, and he kind of I guess last night my wife said he fell over and uh, couldn't get back up, and then it it just went away after a minute or so, and he was fine. Has that been something that's just been recently that's come on, or has he done that for a while? No, this is the first time this happened was uh, on New Year's Eve, and okay. then it happened again the other night. So twice, and it's the first time we've ever noticed this. Okay, and what does he do when he has this? Does he actually lose any control of his urine? Does he defecate, or does he just kind of fall over? Uh, he well, the first time he didn't fall over. Second time, my wife said he did, but no, he doesn't. Nothing like that. No, he just kind okay. of loses his balance and he's like shaky. Okay, any kind of association to what he's doing right prior to this? Is he eating, sleeping, playing, doing anything unusual right right before the episodes? Well, um, the first time he was in his bed, my daughter said he, he kind of jumped up out of his bed right before it happened. And okay. uh, the second time, I think my wife said he was over by his bed. So okay. he might have been sleeping both times. You know, at this point, I'd say we may have a challenge determining exactly what is causing the episodes. But there's there's basically a couple main things. Number one would be that we could be actually having a form of a seizure disorder. Because um, not every seizure looks like that typical epileptic seizure that you may be familiar with. Um, some seizures can be very mild for dogs, where they can just have a trembling of one body part, or they can even stare off into space. So something like this, where he's kind of having combination of issues of having some trembling as well as kind of falling down, that would have to be high on my list of concerns, is that we could have a seizure. And the causes of seizures can be a lot. Um, everything from epilepsy to toxins to liver disorders to blood sugar issues. So there can be definitely a lot of causes within that diagnosis. Now, there are also pets that can have uh, what we call syncopal episodes, and that can sometimes be from heart problems. So even well, if a pet does Go ahead. The, the one time when I was home, um, I had, after he started acting, you know, kind of shaky, I kind of picked him up and I, you know, I put my hand under his chest and I could feel his heart really racing. Sure, sure. And, um, the, the challenge with the heart related problems is that sometimes that can be a little harder to pick up. We might have to do something like an EKG um, or even a, a chest x-ray or an ultrasound to find out a little bit more about that. Um, but I think the big thing is that we, we do need to start getting some diagnostic tests to figure out what direction we're going um, because there are some pets that these episodes will get worse and worse, more frequent, and we may need to get them on some medication if we're dealing with a seizure type disorder. Okay. If we're dealing more with a heart-based problem, Diagnosis is going to be key because the last thing we would want to do is give him an anti-seizure medicine if he's got a bum heart and we've got a, a rhythm problem with his heart. This is the time when I talk about getting him into the vet, and it's ideal if we can get a pet that just has the episode and we get him to the vet when they're actually coming out of it because sometimes um, when blood work is, we're talking about that, that's when sometimes we'll pick up some different changes on lab work or even with a, a heart tracing that might not be there at other times. Okay. 
All right. Yeah. Well, thank you. Okay, and I, I certainly hope that um, you know we can get a handle on these things. And there are some you know situations where not everyone can do a lot of tests, do a lot of. I I know people probably say, Doc, you always talk about doing tests, and I just don't have the money for it. I'd have to say that there's a lot of very simple things, and they all basically start with a physical exam. So the doctor's ears, eyes, and nose, believe it or not, the nose is very valuable in many cases, um, can really help us make some of those determinations and pick what test might be the most useful to to get that answer. Use that teamwork approach with your vet, and and you'll get to the bottom of things. So thank you for your call, and I hope the little guy, I hope he does well. Um, Love the little terriers. I'm a terrier fan myself now. Well, that's all we have time for today. Remember to download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. You can ask your questions all week long, and as well as uh, you can listen to the show anytime you want. And uh, we also have recalls and all kinds of important information that you may need to know for your pet over at the Animal Radio app. It's a free download, so download it now. Uh, before you leave today, I need to tell you about the Yorkshire Terriers, the Shih Tzus, Pugs, and Mini Schnauzer Guide of the Century. This is How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend for All Those Breeds, and it's written by our very own Dr. Debbie, and it's an Amazon Kindle book, so it's an easy read, very informative. She's also a pretty good writer, I'll tell you that. Good. Thank you. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I call it like I see it. You can head over to Amazon.com to download the books, or we have links over at AnimalRadio.com. Have yourself a great and safe Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Boo. Oh. This is Animal Radio Network.